everybody. It's LOI Central with Dan and Johnny. Hello, it's episode 12 of LOI Central with Johnny Ward and Dan McDonald. Uh, in association with futureticketing.e, this week we're going to reflect as we go into the midterm break on another topsy-turvy round of results in the first division and premier division. Our main guest is Rory Higgins. Uh, Rory has presided over uh, a real revival from Derry City, um, another big win in Drada last weekend. And uh, yeah, it was Sligo Rovers obviously going to Finn Harps, not playing particularly well and winning Dundalk, doing what Dundalk do. Um, wildly erratic performances. Dan was at uh, their game against St. Patrick's. And we're going to hear what Jim McGilton said afterwards very, very shortly. And then obviously heartbreak for Longford, losing at home uh, to Shamrock Rovers. Again, with a very, very late winner against Shamrock Rovers. Second time that's happened to Longford this season. We're on, uh, what are we on there? We're on Spotify, SoundCloud, where you get your podcasts, on Google Podcasts and so on and so forth. Apple, Apple Podcasts, wherever, you know. Wherever you'll find us. Um, but yeah, so we have a busy show today, Dan. Um, yeah, we're going into the mid-term break now. Good to get Rory Higgins on. Good to get a bit of sunshine. Well, yes. Um, I, I, I think I saw the point, it was Neil O'Reardon made a point in a piece. Normally players, some players might be at the airport or would have been at the airport last Saturday morning to get a, Small little break away. Yeah. Um, some clubs, some clubs were permitted. Obviously, others probably wouldn't. But um, doesn't matter because it's not happening either way for anyone. Um, Belfast as far as they can go, and they can go there legally now. Um, yeah. so uh, yeah, we got a bit, we got a bit of sunshine, I suppose, and a little time to take stock. I mean, it is obviously we say mid-season break, but it's 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 also like what fourteen games into a thirty-six game season. So like you know, we're 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 less than halfway through. And um, you know the, the the fixture list is actually spread out a bit more sensibly this year, which means that like in previous years, you know, you'd almost have twenty four games done by the break, you know, uh, or sort of like two thirds of the season done, um, or it certainly felt like it. Or what was that time you'd have a quarter of the season in a month? So mm. um, it's not quite like that this year. So it gives people time to take stock and like um, you know, it, it sometimes in other years the relentless series of games has allowed the teams with the bigger squads to thrive. Whereas obviously now we have a couple of teams with smaller squads up there. Maybe they've got a bit more time to breathe in the system that we have at the moment. Yeah. And um, the Galway United media officer obviously neglected to mention Galway United's uh, hammering by Shelburne. Should probably mentioned later on in the show. Very brave was, uh, of you to mention that. Yeah. 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 Brave. I mean, it's, John Caulfield uh, wasn't shirking the issue after the game, talking to Jonathan Higgins and Galway Day FM. I just heard, uh, heard that interview afterwards. And, um, he sounded like, you know, his work needs to be done. But Jim McGilton was in um, much more upbeat form, Dan, when you and Jerry Malone uh, spoke to him on Friday. Uh, well, amongst others, it was, this was the huddle after the game. It was a free-for-all. And yeah, it was, a, it was a, like I made the point in my match report. I mean, three games in seven days for Randolph, where they beat Shamrock Rovers, end their unbeaten record, lose 5-1 to Bowes, and have McGilton suggesting everyone needs to go, uh, or, you know, <laughs> words to that effect. And then they go and they... They beat St. Pat's 2 0, but probably the most sort of sober display of them all, if you know what I mean. The sort of a, you know, a, a professional display. Uh, great defender by Andy Boyle, sort of like defending. Ah, forget like about Andy Boyle. What about the Hooven? Defending yeah, like it was 2016. Having a pop at some of the lads in the apartment blocks. Well, he was. I mean, just listen. If you listen, if you if you haven't, if you're not writing about someone having a pop at someone in the apartment block, you haven't lived. <laughs> um, this is as good as it gets in in, a, in in pandemic times. And listen, he he made a huge difference as well. That sort of uh, abrasive presence um, certainly helped. But anyway, uh, this is just a short clip of Jim and Jelton afterwards. I mean, he starts off, this is in the, in the midway through the flow of questioning, speaking about sort of big personalities in the dressing room and how they responded. But also, 
And I just asked him then, is, was he was he was his stance on taking the job still the same? These are really good players, and if really good players work that hard, uh, you would like to think that their quality will show. They've got to demonstrate that over and over again. Listen, again, when you look at the consistency of a Sean McGrover's, you know, and how they can, you know, see games out and get on that run. Well, these lads are, again, capable of doing that. They're more than capable of doing that. We've got to, you know, dust ourselves down now, have a, a mini break, if you like, and, and just come out firing. You know, they've shown that we've got to go again, you know, and, and again, this can't be a false dawn for us. We've really got to you know, take the game and, and, and again demonstrate that we're a good team. What is the plan for the break? Are you going to give the players time to decompress? Yes, yeah. yes they are, but they're going to come in firing, definitely. They're going to get a couple of days. Do you expect to be in charge the first game after the break? <laughs> Sorry, but I mean, like, yeah, why yeah. wouldn't you ask? No, no, of course, absolutely. Listen, we'll make the right, hopefully we'll, we'll get to that decision and when we get there, you know, hopefully it'll be the right decision for the club moving forward now. Are you still out, are you, like, are you still rooting yourself out the equation for that or do you have a bit of a taste for it now first? You I know, really, are you really me in, Dan? Well, I mean, you, <laughs> you, you have the option to root yourself in, I guess. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you, no, listen, I, I don't know. To be honest, I'm going to take a couple of days off. That's you know, not a no. no. <laughs> there was a no earlier. Well, that, do you know what? They've given me a stay. I haven't had a, a stay since my A-levels. <laughs> do you know? And that was pretty... It's a long, long time ago. So... Uh, stress levels have been through the roof because we all need time out. You know, we need, we, we need, I think we need this break and we need to really like, focus on what happens next. And what happens next is this football club has to be the right decisions moving forward. Do you, do you look at that game on Monday as a bit of a, sort of a freak result? No, I definitely don't. No, I think that Bohemians, that would be doing them an absolute injustice. I thought they were good and I thought that they scored goals clinical and we didn't. And uh, and we had the liquor wound, and they came out tonight and responded magnificently. Yeah, so there we go, Johnny. I mean, he, he, um, Alice, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen there. To be honest, between now and the, and the, and the return, like I would have thought there would be a new manager in place for the games after the break. It actually struck me as a classic one where, no disrespect to the two teams then there, but the first two games after the break are Longford at home and Waterford at home. And it's sometimes a case that for a new manager to make things easier for them, you maybe try and don't don't take over before the hard one of games. Take over when maybe the fixture list is a bit kinder, and then you can build some momentum. But I'm not so sure really what's what's going on there with the management pitcher. And you know, Jim Jilton has emphatically ruled himself out before, not doing so as much now. Um, but obviously the idea of Jilton getting the job, say on Tuesday after the Bows game, would have seemed a bit mad. Um, so it's very hard to figure out. I mean, I think there's, I think, well, I think there's probably different views on, on what way they should go um, in terms of their next appointment. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if there was different opinions held by different people at the club. Um, but it's, it's, in fairness, some people who cover the scene up there, um, you know, sort of full time, you know, have suggested to me previously that they wouldn't be surprised if the Jilton was in charge until, you know, after the break, as in, in the games after the break. And, you know, who knows? We could be talking about something different next week, but it's um, we would have thought if they had a plan in place, they would have rolled it out by now. Um, it's clearly a bit more on the hoof. But uh, yeah, we'll see how that one goes. And uh, just briefly as well, uh, Sligo and Finn Harf sounded like there was a bit of an atmosphere at that game. A few characters behind the goal. Uh, Lewis Banks went up to kind of celebrate. Philly McMahon joining the Bowes background team is an interesting one as well. And Bowes, I mean, the one thing about Longford, Dan, is they haven't won a game since they beat um, Derry week one. But Watford are just so bad week to week that they're, they're kind of almost ahead of them by default. 
And uh, so there has been a lot going on before we get to Rory Higgins, obviously. That, that was that was three or four bullet points in one go, Johnny. Like you, there we go. The, 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 the start of the sentence when you know the thing about bows and Longford, Longford happened. I don't even know what to say to all of that. There's a lot going mm. on there. I mean, should we should we like actually briefly talk, say give one line on every club at this stage of the season? This is not the easiest way to do it, um, or just to sort of reflect on where things are actually at at the moment because everyone's offended when they're not, not <laughs> no well, 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 well maybe uh, we'll maybe leave uh, we'll leave Galway United out of that one but um, I, I don't know like in terms of the Premier Division I mean listen Sligar Rovers I don't think it was their best performance at all no uh, and Finn Harps just from speaking to people who were probably involved around the game but they won and what they do have is a very good goalkeeper as well which has I been mean, pretty important as you see some of the other clubs uh, Shamrock Rovers I mean like 95th minute I mean I don't know like it, it is sort of incredible that they keep doing it and there is obviously um, it is to do with the pressure you put on teams and you force the mistake but really like you could also say like you know if, if teams like had, had just closed out a bit better against them sometimes um, they could easily have like six fewer points Shamrock Rovers you know it's yeah. sort of amazing really like it's like you're, you're watching them against Longford and you you are, and to be fair, you were looking for a response after two defeats. I'm not sure if you necessarily got it. Um, but I do think they have a few players, you know, as a Graham Burke in particular, very important for them, you know, running on empty. And for all of them, they have a very big squad. So with small violins from everywhere, they have a lot of injuries. But I think they need to break big time. Um, but there's no big questions. I mean, they are they are a Champions League representative. So, like, you know, uh, not yeah. every, fans of every other club won't agree. But I think in a league perspective, you certainly need them to be better. Pat's... Bit mixed at this stage, considering the, the yeah, because they've had a wobble really the last sort of two three weeks. Yeah, I think so. Um, I I still think they probably need a striker. Like I think they still need a real a real number nine type striker. I think they sort of lack that um type of presence, you know. Um, like they, you know, some nice passages, but but uh, I don't know. Like I I, I still feel like um. They sometimes have to work hard for the points, you know. Um, they mm. just need that sort of talisman figure. Maybe I don't know. Um, draw the draw excellent. Are punching? Yeah, like per 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 result against Derry, or disappointing result against Derry. Um, maybe not like per, you know, but I mean, mm. twenty-two points. I mean, relative to resources, they're probably the highest performing team in the, in the top half of the table. You would say Bows. They've got better, haven't they? Yeah, and both have been yeah, like much, much better than results would suggest, and they have been playing well. I think they're actually up there with the best teams in the in the division the way they're playing right now, and they just have to maintain that. But as as you'd expect, they are improving, and these playmakers, great to see Ross Tierney call up the Ireland setup as well because Devoy was injured both from bowls, so excellent stuff from bowls. Yeah, Finn Harps. Then um, I mean, a really good start, and it's strange. Like I mean, they're they're. You can imagine Ollie Horgan still saying, well, listen, they're 11 points clear of the playoffs. But obviously, I think they have higher expectations of themselves now. Mm. I think that they will be... Uh, we, we just But we just click into relegation mode talking about Harps. We shouldn't. I think they're going to be well. They're not going to have any issues with that. It's just a question of like where their season goes from here. They've set a high bar for themselves. And obviously, it'd be a disappointment you know, that they, they lost in Sligo Rovers. But by all accounts, the performance was pretty good. Like They created chances and be interesting like you know could they have a cup run or something like you know they have the capability in them to, to do something Harps I think the dog we've talked enough about the dog Derry we will we'll, we'll talk about Derry Rory Higgins I mean the bottom two I mean Longford as we've mentioned like I, I just I feel a bit of sympathy for him oh um, big time because it's not games. like they it's, a, it's not like Rovers absolutely battered them either like they didn't have that many chances in the game 
there's a couple of games, there's a handful of games like I mean, against Bowes probably the week before. There's a couple of games where they've been well beaten, you know, and, and Drawd actually hammered them, didn't they? Um, mm. But there's a lot of games where they've just been in them and, and just haven't haven't been able to sort of turn that screw. And I, I actually have a lot of sympathy for Dara Doyle. I think he's doing a reasonably good job there. Um, I think he's doing a really well. You know, I, I, I don't think you can say really good if you haven't won a game since the opening day. I mean, people will say you find a way to win. Um, but I sort of feel a bit of sympathy for him. Then Waterford down the bottom. I mean, I think Mark Bertram, you're, he's probably the way he spoke when he came in is that he's looking forward to July. I mean, the squad was thrown together at the last minute. Um, but I don't know. Like, I don't know what they can do between now and July to six goals go in 14 July. games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, I'm, I'm not following their games maybe closely enough to have a strong view. I actually haven't seen them in a, in a, in a, in a while now, but. Um, actually, I'm not sure if I've seen them since the opening round of games in the flesh. Um, but it's clear that he wants to strengthen the squad, and it's clear that they need to strengthen the squad. I mean, the question for them is, you know, how many points will they be behind Longford when that comes around, if at all? But anyway, let's move on from that and go to the team that they are actually third from bottom. But to be fair, uh, I think Derry City, the way they've been performing, they're looking up. Uh, and Rory Higgins is with us now. Rory, you're very welcome. How are things? Oh, good man. How are you? Management, then. I mean, it's 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 been a it's been an eventful twenty twenty one for you, uh, and you've had what eight games now, and you're finally getting a bit of a break. I mean, has it been what you expected it to be? I'm sure you had an image of being a manager in your head for a period of time, but now you're in it. How does the reality compare with the, the, the how you maybe imagined this? No, it's ex- it's extremely busy, um, but. It's been very, very enjoyable as well, and and the most pleasing thing for me was the is the reaction of the players, and and um, they're given absolutely everything at this minute in time, and, and they're a joy to work with as of the staff. So it's been really enjoyable, but but as you say, very, very busy. I mean, what's the busiest aspect of it? I mean, I, I guess like you know, you 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 have you've had your time as a player and as a staff member. I suppose as a, to be fair, as an assistant, you would you've had a really good insight into the whole thing that, you know, a player pulls out at a training ground, as you know, at sort of one o'clock in the day or whatever, and they go home. You don't do that as a manager. Like, I, I assume you've got phone calls and I don't know, all sorts of people onto you looking for this or that or whatever. Is it that aspect of it that's the, that is the most sort of the, the biggest change, the biggest transition? Um, it's, it's the planning. You're, you're, you're probably, uh, you're looking after not only 20, 22 players, you're looking after all your staff and, and, and it's planning and uh, trying to delegate. And uh, There's just so much that goes into a normal week in football. Um, what time you're training, when we're having our meetings, all just all the, the sort of stuff that I didn't really have to uh, plan that much for previously. Mm. Yeah, and you were saying as well that you're... Sorry, Daniel, yeah, you were saying that um, after we do this interview, you have to spend uh, some quality time with the family and that. And I imagine that is actually a thing that, like, it's hard on the wives and girlfriends of of um, these managers because it's so intense. You're on probably on the phone so often and you don't maybe have as much time to spend with them as you would have had. Well, I mean, <laughs> I think Lisa, for family life, was probably glad that um, that I took the job on. Uh, from that aspect, and but she's probably seen me less, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. And uh, it, it's been nice, uh, 
it's been nice to get away for a few days and, and chill out and spend some time with the kids as well. And, and um, like I would have been away two, three days a week on average previously, but now I'm at home every night and, and I think the kids will benefit from that, to be honest with you. Even though I don't see them that much uh, during the day at all, I still get to put them to bed and, and, and do stuff that <laughs> mother and fathers do, I suppose. Yeah, do, I, do, I, I do. think... Um... Sorry, Johnny. I, I mean, I've spoken to you about it before, Rory, so I don't want to go over it again and again. But, I mean, it was a big move to take. Like, you know, that like you'll see this week the Ireland squad are training out in, in Spain and at, at another time, well, no, like a month ago or whatever, two months ago, you would have been expecting to be there, you know, this week. Um, like, it, it, I know it was a difficult one for you, wasn't it? Like, did it, it, you didn't expect it to come around when it did. No, I, I didn't, to be honest, and... I, Obviously, my relationship with Stephen, I've went on record a hundred times, and that was the most difficult part of it. Um, he's shaped my career. He's been amazing to me, and, and uh, having to walk away from from him, I suppose, was was really, really difficult. As the rest of the staff, I had a brilliant relationship with them all. Uh, really liked the players, and but the, the attraction for me was the potential, the the, the football club, the size of it. Um, what football means in the city and, and obviously my history with the club. So um, it was a really difficult decision in some aspects, but then it was really hard to turn down in others. But uh, no, uh, so far, so good. I'm enjoying it and, and long may it continue. No, I was just going to say, I mean, because you talk about the potential that's there, uh, Rory, because you've spent the last number of your career years in your career, like away from Derry, say, you know, and you've experienced some some great highs uh, with Dundalk and you've seen what they've done. And we had Daniel Lafferty on a couple of weeks back um, talking about like, you know, Derry players being spread around the league elsewhere and, and whatnot. Like, did, did, was it always niggling away at you at, at some stage, given your connection with the with the town, like with, with the city, like Derry should be doing better? Is that something that's always been, you would have probably gone there with Dundalk teams and, and, and won and and seen like your 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 club and you know how special Derry can be when it's thriving. Like, was there always a part of you that thought yeah, this club could be doing better? Of course, it's it, it, like uh, during my career uh, when I was at Derry, we were always used to competing for trophies, winning trophies, and at the right end of the league table. So um, it, it just sort of gradually they started going away from that and. For, for whatever reason, but um, I think Derry, I don't know what you boys think, but I think Derry is one of the, the, the biggest clubs in, in, in this country, north and south, and, um, and I think if, if things are going well and things are done, then I believe that Derry can start winning trophies again, or I wouldn't have taken the job. It's as simple as that. I think it's too big of a club not to be competing. Did you get a chance to watch that documentary, the different league one that was on BBC? I don't know if you saw it about the Derry in the 80s. I watched it. It was absolutely brilliant. Spine tingling. Um, and it was, I think it was about, the, I can't remember, but it was shortly before I was offered a job. So um, that was sort of fresh in my mind as well. But listen, there's huge potential at this club. If, if you're winning and doing well, you can get four or 5,000 people on the Brandywell every weekend. We had that for a period in 2006, and that has to be the, the ambition to try and get back to those heights. Although, don't get me wrong, it's going to be a lot of hard work involved, but I don't, given, given the size of the club and, and, and the chairman and everyone behind the scenes, and, and I think there's some really good players here, and I think there's great staff here, so 
you have to be ambitious in life. Um, so, so my ambition and the staff and players' ambition now is to try and get back to them heights. I mean, you you were born in 1984, so you were too young to probably remember that, like th- that early burst, like that that sort of. I know there was the like, very good teams in the early 90s and so on, but I mean, family members and stuff like, were, were, did they remember those times? Like, is it something that you were aware of growing up? What you know, that sort of power that the club had. I I I was very aware of it to be honest. Even the the last League One team. Uh, I'm not sure. I think it was 1997, if I'm right. Um, yes, I think so. Yeah. I think, yeah. I, like I would, I would have been at some of them matches and realized the potential of the club even back then. And and there were some amazing players, uh, some amazing players in them days. And and the likes of Liam Coyle, I I would have grew grew up knowing. Every, and I, everyone in there, I idolize Liam, and he's an extremely gifted footballer. But I remember them times when the club was. Uh, Winning leagues and, and competing, so um, no. Listen, when 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 you get this place going, it's an amazing club. When you, when you put it that way as well, it is a quarter of a century more or less since you've won a league title. So it's a long, long bridge to gap. Of course, I of course it is. I'm, I'm not saying for one minute that we're going to come, we're going to challenge to win a league next year, or whatever. But my ambition is, and, and and what's the point if you don't have ambition? Like my ambition is to try and completely won a league title within the period of my contract. And if I don't, then I probably won't be manager of the football club after the period of my contract. So I know how the game works. I'm not stupid. Um, like Philip has, uh, has offered me a long-term deal along with the board and, and, and they see me as the right person to take it forward. But things, things can change very quickly if I don't produce the goods then someone else will take my position it's funny you mentioned Liam Coyle as well because like I wasn't a Derry fan but I sort of idolised him as well when I was starting watching games because he was so good but it's it's changed now because Liam Coyle's comments about kind of Decky Devine at the start of the season put him under pressure and Liam Coyle will be commenting on on your role in local radio but just on 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 the role on the role that Decky Devine played some of the players that have been like really instrumental for you so far like Akin Tunde Mac Janet Will Patching to name but three they were signed by him and like he he did have players brought into the club that have played a big role maybe so maybe a bit more since you came in but there was a lot of good obviously done before you arrived. Yeah, Declan Devine is a, a state in history with this club. Um, He's done an absolutely brilliant job. I think he qualified for Europe twice and over over a couple of periods. So he's done a really good job with this club and, and the club means an awful lot to him. And we exchanged a few text messages when I got the job and he wished me all the best. And I've, I've got the height of respect for him. Um, I worked under him as a player, uh, and as an assist, he was an assistant manager when I played. He was a manager when I played, and he was first team coach when I played. So I've I've known Declan since I was about nine or ten years of age, and I've I've got nothing but respect for him. And and I'm sure he'll go on and continue to do good things in football. Have you gone to many people for advice, uh, Murray? You know, in terms of I don't know previous managers. I don't know with Stephen even. Like, have you been able to have conversations with with people just you know just about what you're facing into? I've obviously spoke to a, pe- a couple of people that I really trust and that I'm close to, but just to basically ask them what 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 should I expect or what what's the differences when you when you go into a manager's job. So I have I have spoke to a few people and picked their brains and and um, it's been everything that they've said and a wee bit more. But 
like it, it, it was strange because I took the job on a Friday and we had to fight for three points 24 hours later and, and it was literally it's been relentless um, we've had eight games and in a really short space of time so now we get now we get two weeks off so it gives me time to reflect slightly and and, and start planning for, for what's coming mm. in, in terms of that planning for what's coming and I know you're probably sick of being asked about it but I mean you, you've you've developed you're trying to develop something over eight games and then you have someone like will patching who's been you know incredibly impressive but there's you know there's a strong possibility like you won't be able to avail of his services like beyond the first of july is that that's obviously you know there's there's, there's a head wrecking aspect to that i suppose to some degree because you have your plan for june but you might have to look at sort of something different for july potentially the way things pan out that's it um and and if you don't get a similar type like July is a very, very tough window, uh, particularly if you want players with League of Ireland experience. It's a tough window because it's difficult to get players out mid-season. So our main window will be the off-season, uh, but we will try and on, on work on a few things in the summer window. And to, to try and replace Will Patching in that window will be very difficult. So you have to be inventive and come up with different ways uh, to win football matches. And Will's been instrumental Um and in, in, in our recent form. So, uh, listen, as much as we're really disappointed that we're going to probably lose, well, uh, we, it's, it's my job as manager and the staff's job to, to try and come up with something different or, or, or replace them as best we possibly can. It, it, was, uh, it was a bit mad the way it worked out in that you were instrumental in bringing Will Patching to Dundalk. You then leave Dundalk. Will Patching didn't have a great season, goes on loan to Derry City. You take the Derry City job. He's possibly your best player, probably Dundalk's best player this season. He just hasn't been playing for them. And now, now you're losing him back to the club that you kind of originally brought him to. So it's like a mad merry-go-round. No, well, Vinny, Vinny was manager... Uh, when we brought Will to Dundalk, obviously I had an opinion on it, but it was Vinny that Vinny got that one over the line. Um, obviously, I was very aware of his talent, his, his background, his upbringing, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and, and but to be honest, he's got a side to the game. If I'm being totally honest, he's got a side to his game that I didn't really see previously. He's, he's doing all the the bread and butter things very, very well. He's picking up second balls. He's competing early. He's winning tackles. He's pressing high up the pitch, he's doing all the ugly stuff really well and then with the natural talent that he has then it, it, Will's, Will's got a lot of strings to his bow and uh, as I said I'm, I'm probably talking him up too much here <laughs> but uh, mm. but listen he's, he's, he's been fantastic for me and you have to uh, you have to highlight, highlight that when, when someone's been so good then it has to be highlighted do you think, I mean, listen, it's a question for Will rather than a question for you, but I mean, he did have, like, the dog qualified for the Europa League group stages and he basically wasn't included in the squad. Like, you know, that was obviously a, you know, a blow to him. Did, did, I don't know, have you spoken to him about it, but did you get a sense maybe, I don't know, that the way things worked out last year, has it given him a sort of, that sort of classic kick up the arse in a way? Like, you mentioned he's got a side to his game that he didn't think. Do you think maybe in some ways... He's had he, something's happened to him. He's thought, I just have to address this now because your career can slip away from you very easily at that age for, for lads with that profile and that background. No, I don't. I don't. I just think that he's really enjoying his football. His confidence levels are obviously very, very high. And Wolves only 22. Um, he's got limited first team football. Uh, 
anywhere. So I think he's just delighted to be playing football and then his fitness levels are high. So it's all coming together for him. Um, and as I said, I, I said that I, I hadn't really seen that side to him, but no one really could have because he hasn't played enough football in his career to date. So um, listen, he's, he, he's got all the potential in the world to, to go on and be a really good, complete player and, and we'll see where it goes. But um, unfortunately, it probably looks like we're going to lose him uh, in the summer. So. What was the buzz like for you? Uh, it was your first managerial job. Straight away you went in and you beat Sligo away. You beat uh, you beat Bohemians away. Got a draw against Shamrock Rovers. Um, beat Watford away. Beat Drogheda away. Um, and you go back into a dressing room after a game that has been through the middle really so far this season. Derry have underachieved. And you, you, you're part of this where they, they feel that there's this buzz, that something is happening here. Um, it must be a special feeling for you, Raph, and the players. Of course, it's it's. There's no better feeling than walking back in the dressing room after a match and, and, and picking up the three points. It's really it's, it's an amazing feeling, um, and I, I'm I'm in my infancy of this job, so I hope there's I hope there's many more of them. I know there'll be a lot of lows along the way as well, but no, it's amazing, and and the staff, all the staff are making a making my job very easy as well, and and the players are giving absolutely everything, and and I think we're all rowing in the one direction. Um, but again, long may that continue. We're only getting started. But what scope do you have to bring in players? Because obviously you inherited a squad there and you'll have your own ideas of who you want to bring in as well. How, how much help will you get there? From who? From the club, I guess. Well, uh, they're go- I think they're, they're going to back me, but I'm not just going to sign players for the sake of it. The player, mm. one, thing about, one thing about our dressing room is that there's phenomenal characters and they're really good people um, who want to do well and young players who want to achieve things in their career. So I'm not going to bring in someone that's going to spoil that. Um, we have to be really peculiar and, 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 and make sure that we bring the right person into the dressing room first and foremost. And obviously we have to add, uh, well, listen, we'll do our best to bring in two or three in the summer window to give us a boost. And then, as I said, our off-season window will probably be our, our, our most important one, I would imagine. But, and as I said, the players have been outstanding and, and it'll just really give that group a boost. Rory, what help has your, your most recent job? I'm just, I'm just thinking here, like your, your most recent job with Ireland, the scouting job. Is there anything you'll take from that into this role? Because I'm just thinking like, you know, you got you were at a lot of games at a lot of different levels. Like, you know, you were you could be at League One or you know, Premier League or a championship or probably up in Scotland, I'm sure, as well, a few times. That it probably has like exposed you to a lot more games than you, you would have been seeing if you'd been sat at home during the pandemic, if you know what I mean. Like you were actually out and about seeing games. And I presume just building, you know, I don't know, building a more of a bank of ideas or knowledge, like you you're probably always absorbing stuff as you went along. Yeah, that's that's a it's a brilliant point. I think the year in the job sort of the, for, for one example would probably be I would have never been mad about playing three at the back ever. I never really uh, would have considered it previously, but um, I've seen a lot of football and there's certain games where you can play three at the back, and it sort of showed me different ways of, of doing it um, and, and that's been a help we, we played three at the back at Rovers we played three at the back at home to St. Pat's and we played three at the back away to um, uh, the Drada um, the other night so as I said it's probably a system 
that I wouldn't have thought about previously, but haven't seen more and more and more football over the last year, different styles, different countries, all that sort of thing. Then it's sort of something that I thought, you know, something I might use this in certain games. And um, that's been very beneficial that way. And then obviously getting to see Stephen work again and Keith and Anthony Barry and Damien Duff and all these lads work at sort of, in relation to certain training sessions that you might put on, they've been very beneficial as well. Yeah, I mean, was there aspects of, like, I don't know, like, I don't know how much you would have known about, say, say League One and stuff, and, you know, like, they're, they're with closed doors football as well, these closed doors games are a lot more intimate, like, you can hear everything, like, you can hear every shout almost, or, you know, you can, like, did you find yourself suddenly going, oh, actually, I'm watching this team here, they're good, or, you know, teams that you wouldn't have known much about, that all of a sudden you find yourself almost looking forward to seeing some of their games. You wouldn't have had an awareness uh, of them before. Uh, exactly, but but the thing is, when I was going to matches in England, League One, Championship matches, I, I couldn't really focus too much on the team. I had to watch individuals within that. And, and of course, so, yeah. yeah. So, so, so it was very difficult. Where I did get the, the, the benefits was watching sort of opposition countries, how they tactically how they approach game but when I'm in England Dan I'm watching I'm watching individual players within team structure so you have to really focus on the player if you get me I get that but I think you might have one or two days where you go there and the Irish lad isn't involved so <laughs> what's your option then <laughs> you just sort of put your feet yeah. forward as much of the game no 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 you don't waste time <laughs> no, you're right you, you get something out of every game you go to but no it's been an amazing learning experience for me and and I can't thank Stephen and the FAA enough for that, but um, as I said, I've learned a hell of a lot. Yeah, how, how quick? How quickly is the game evolving as well? Because you're on about the three at the back. I guess the three at the back change because a lot of teams don't. You know, back in the day, you might have a two up top against three at the back. That doesn't happen as much anymore. So the the, the centre backs are, have different roles, but it's all happening very quickly. Where you know, there's, and you have a lot of these young managers in the game that are trying to outdo each other as well in Ireland alone. Ah, it's, it's, there's there's brilliant managers in, in this league and lads who are really doing well and and it doesn't surprise me whatsoever. Um, but if even you look at the Man City Chelsea game the other night, I thought tactically Chelsea were absolutely phenomenal. Um, like they played a three at the back, but if you see the positions that Rudiger was going into and Aspel Aqueda was going into, it, it, the, the game is changing. Um, and then you look at Bielsa the way he goes about his business with leads it's, it's, it's changing and if you don't adapt if you don't evolve then you get left behind Did the, the Bielsa is an interesting one like is he kind of one of your managerial idols or did you get to see much of them I know they did, we obviously didn't get banned for playing for Ireland or whatever but No I wouldn't say he's one of my idols I've obviously seen Leeds play a couple of times through my job but it's just fascinating watching how he goes about it um, no, there's, listen, there's brilliant managers all over the world and, and there's good, really good managers in Ireland too. So as I said, if you don't evolve, if you don't self-educate, then, then you get left behind. It's as simple as that because someone else will be doing it. I probably said this to Tim Clancy as well, like, but it, it must be a little bit weird because you're such good friends with Stephen O'Donnell, friends with Tim Clancy, obviously friends with other managers, but that like that relationship has to change a little bit because like, you know, you're, you are basically... Um, trying to outdo each other and finish ahead of each other on the table. I, of course, uh, obviously, I'd be, Stephen O'Donnell would be one of my best friends in, 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 in life, never mind football, but it does, it definitely does pick a, 
like we don't probably talk as much as what we do talk, but when we talk, we don't talk about football. Um, yeah, that must be a big change. <laughs> well, like uh, if you look at probably the off season coming, we'll probably be trying to sign a few of the same players and all that sort of stuff. So, um, no, nah, things do have to change a wee bit, but uh, when we do talk, there's not as much football conversation now, to be honest. So, so very probably that you go. I mean. We're talking about it. We're heading into a mid-season break, but of course, like there's actually we're less than halfway in the season. You're sitting eighth at the moment. Like what? And you, and you spoke about how the off-season is going to be a big one for you. Like, what's the target then for the rest of this season? Like, what what can be achieved this year from your perspective? Well, we have to be careful with this one because, like, we we were bottom of the league about six weeks ago, and. and We've accumulated a decent number of points and, and sort of slightly broken away from the bottom two. And, and there's nothing to say that we can't creep back in there. But this year was all about trying to consolidate that and and and, and stay in the league. And, and we'll, we'll just treat every game in isolation and try and pick up as many wins as possible. And and let's see where it takes us. But um, I wouldn't be getting I wouldn't be getting too uh, greedy this year, to be honest with you. Yeah, I just maybe a last question for me. Just the 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 Irish setup, and you know, I I know I know you were all very low. I imagine after the Luxembourg game, but um, I guess like are, are you are you still kind of very hopeful for uh, it working out for Steve and, and then obviously a couple of games coming up? And I know you can't say you're not, but like I do feel from you that you still have a lot of belief. This is going to go the right way for Ireland. Yeah, I have no doubt about it, Stephen. I've no doubt he'll get the time, uh, but. He, he's a visionary. He, he 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 believes in young players, and he gives them the platform to to, to show what they can do. And um, they just need they just need their one. Uh, once they get their one, I'm sure it'll take off. And Stephen's Stephen's a brilliant man, and he's got really good staff and, and players there as well. So um, I've absolutely no doubt, and I'm not just saying not just saying it the for whatever reason. I truly believe it um, that. Uh, that, he, that he'll, that he'll uh, do really, really well with Ireland. Of course, we've got Jamie McGrath there now and Danny Mandrew, I suppose. Uh, two interesting, for, from a League of Ireland audience perspective, two players people will be interested in. And it's interesting to hear Stephen talk about, like, you know, what they might bring, those maybe the natural number 10s. Um, how do you reckon they'll fare? You've, you've particular experience, obviously, of, of, of Jamie. Yeah, yeah. Uh... One thing I would have always said about Jamie was that he needs to add goals to his game um, because he literally had everything else um, and he's doing that now. So it's no surprise to me that, it, that he's been called up. Um, obviously, Danny Mandrew is a special talent. I think I said it, I've done a podcast with you lads about a year ago or maybe a bit more, but I mentioned him. I thought he's phenomenal talent and, and he's got all the tools to really kick on and, and, and have a phenomenal career. Um, but I'm not surprised. Stephen likes creative players. He likes players that can open the door and, and, and them two players certainly can. Okay, well, listen, Rory, we really appreciate your time. We'll let you go back to your uh, to your family break and uh, let them let That's them see what here. you look like for a while until, you know, they don't see you again for another couple of months or something, you know? But, uh, is, that, is, it okay if I go, is it okay if I go and spend a bit of time with my family now? Yeah, yeah you, you can go and do it now. Johnny, is he okay to do that? <laughs> Johnny, are you going to stop pestering him now, Johnny? Or is, off, it, is that all right? Off yeah? to the zoo, is it? Thanks, John. Not tomorrow. 
<laughs> have a good week. Thanks, Rory Higgins, uh, for coming on. And interestingly enough, Derry City, um, just the season as a whole has has been a tale of playing away and playing at home. Down, it's it's really weird. They've they haven't won a game at home. The Brandywell. I don't think they were particularly good. The Brandywell last season either. And away from home, they've had four wins. I mentioned that brilliant away record. The whole the whole the Brandywell um, as a home venue was not a tough place to go. Not a tough place. Like, we, we had a tough place to go to finish a debate a couple of weeks back. Mm, well, it's and also we, we the, the fact that Brandywell. it's. The, the, the AstroTurf pitch, it's a big pitch. And the theory is that it's it actually, players love going, players, players actually like playing on it because it's good 4G, but it's big. And for whatever reason, Derry with no fans, fans come back and all that. They haven't won a home game yet, but he's had a brilliant start, Rory Higgins. No, he has. He's done very well. I mean, like, and as I said, it's very hard for anyone to say what the targets are for the rest of the season. Mm. But I think, like, I think the most striking thing about the Premier Division table, and I will do a little bit of a first division review in a minute, but there's, there's, there's 14 points separating first and eighth, right? Mm. So, like, to Sligo Rovers on 31, then to Derry, on, Derry and the Dock on 17, just Derry of an inferior goal difference. That's what it hurt from bottom. Um, when you consider, like, how clear Shamrock Rovers were after, you know, the 18-game season last year with 11 points and it almost could have been more, you know, and we've seen those big gaps. But actually, really, you have that 14-point spread there and... You know, that's, you know, less than halfway into the season, as I keep saying. Like, you know, it's a team finishing, like a team that's seventh or eighth at the moment could easily finish top three. You know, there's, there's absolutely no Derry City, for example. Like, I mean, yeah, why, why there's would no they reason why they could. There's, absolutely, there's yeah. absolutely no reason why they can't. And like, you know, every team will have their regrets. Like, the you know, Bowes, like, for example, the 2 0 home to Longford drawn two all, you know. The, the Derby penalty game, you know, where it could have swung either way, maybe. Mm. You know, the dog can have their goalkeeping questions, you know. Everyone will have their reason or their, you know, their, their sort of view on how they could have had five or six points more. Whereas, ironically, Shamrock Rovers, as I said, all the late goals have got them their points. They could end up with fewer. You know, so, like, it's... There's, there's, there's been a lot of to and from, and I suspect that there, that there will be more. And I suppose the one thing we, was, we should, should mention as well, I mean, there's no more Watch LOI now. We have this LOI TV package now for the rest of the season, each club doing their own media production. Um, I think I might have touched on this last week or maybe in my newsletter last week. Um, that, that I know I certainly were of some clubs have very good plans to do, you know, presentation, you know, studio, not quite studio, but, you know, pitch side and then, um, you know, a, a punditry team in the commentary box and mm. going to be replays as well. I think that crowd Doppler media who did the playoffs last season. are going to be doing some of the, Dublin clubs, and I see uh, Drawder is some someone else has announced plans to work with a different company. I think I think we're going to see clubs innovate a bit because you know that, that like there's a lot of interest in what's coming, and, and obviously um, we do have fans coming back after the break. Yeah. I mean, uh, at least every game from now on, there will be some spectators there, albeit well, provided we don't avoid you know a, sort of another lockdown or something. But hopefully we're we're, we're past that. But, you know, that we have the sort of, in some cases, 100 or 200 spectators. But we're going to have that trial in Tala, the 11th of, of June, the next round of games. I'll say I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be 1,000 people at a game. So that will just give us a bit of a, a lift, I think, very naturally. And, and maybe in Derry, obviously, have different public health regulations. I know they weren't able to have fans for the Pats game because I think they had a little bit of a local spike around it. But presumably Derry will eventually get to a stage where they'll be able to have 
they'll have a bit more than 100 or 200 of their games and maybe that'll give them a bit of a bit of a home presence again what about um former visitor to the show and friend of friend of yours friend of the show paul Corey? was he was he at the champions league final did i see on twitter there today he was, yeah. He was there. He was there with a former League of Ireland player, Mick Leahy, as well. Yeah. Formerly of uh, UCD and, and St. Pat's and Sligo Roberts. I think he's working with FIFA Pro now. Um, so he's based in Europe. And uh, yeah, I think uh, Mr. Curry was able to travel. Um, so has to do five days when he gets back, I think, or whatever. But yeah. Um, Fair play so to him, wasn't it? You know the the, the game in you know, the game in Tolka Friday Dan um the the you know the smattering of people there and that I I think Tolka's great ground for atmosphere I have to say even though like obviously the Galway personnel there didn't have much to cheer about but anyway after that game there's a situation now ten games in where Bray Wanderers Galway United and Cork City uh, are all in the bottom half um Galway United have only actually won two games on the pitch this season. Um, getting three points from the Cabin Teeley COVID situation earlier on. Cork City have only won two games. And, uh, you know, Bray obviously had a had a bit of a wobble at the weekend. Bray have been on upper trajectory. But uh, I, I actually came away from the game on Friday thinking Shelburne will absolutely walk the first division. But may, maybe I'm wrong, but I yeah. thought they were... They were well, yeah, no. Well, I mean, they, they, they have a comfortable league. We should probably go through the first division. I mean, you know, I saw Cove. I mean, like you should mention, like it's a really big thing for Cove to win... The Derby, mm. I saw some of their social media stuff, you know, Cork is claret and blue or whatever, you know, with the, with the map superimposed with the Cove colours. Mm. Um, but it is sort of, um, it's humbling for, for Cork City to be where they are um, because they are still like, they have full-time players there, you know. I saw Graham Cummins, who's obviously transitioned to working yeah. as, a, as a journalist now. It's very interesting. I uh, saw him writing recently, recently about the match report and, and coping with that. He was pointing mm. out, and this is very true, if this isn't true of all professional clubs, pointing out that like some of these players won't be professionals next season the way they're going. You can literally play yourself out of the game. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's possible that some of them are going to do that. But I mean, as you mentioned, the first division shells, top of the table at 24 points. It does look ominous, doesn't it? You know, that that the when they signed well in the off-season, they were planning to go full-time if they'd stayed in the Premier Division. And they still really haven't pulled back on the investment. There's a lot going on. Alan Caffrey getting in behind the scenes. Mm. Uh, Colin Barron, various appointments in underage as well. And it sort of feels like a club that it, that um that that isn't that is that is not losing momentum from relegation. Like I possibly thought that they might, uh, and that when the stadium start to properly reopen, they'll be able to maybe maybe just pick up that buzz that they had when they left off. So they're top of the table. I mean, UCD, I mean, UCD are, are decent. I mean, coming, you know, beating Athlone in an eventful game and they're second and third. I suppose that could have, you know, that game could have swung either way. Um, I think UCD, we had Andy Myler on. They have a young group of players that are at the early stage of their scholarship system. So they're going to be, they're going to be good. I think in Athlone, yeah. we mentioned Adrian Carberry last week. They've lost um, four of their last five, which which is actually like it's it's a bit it's a bit unfair on them because they're still third. They're happy out. I think the the big story, Dan, if not Athlone, is Treaty. You know, patched together a team, cobbled together a team, really in in in, in a very short space of time. Sixteen points from ten games, brilliant win over Bray as well. Yeah, no, like I mean, there, there seems to be a real good buzz just maybe from following social that, it, that they're getting a real mm. sense of. Um, excitement around what they're doing. And I think we had this with Tommy Barrett, that when fans are allowed back in, slight fear for me is that Treaty would have been mid-table and it's like, we're well, flat. But I really sense that when they can open the doors properly, they'll have a proper crowd and that will be good for them. Cavantini are fifth. 
that's one thing about Cavantini is they're all like they're always working off like you know they, they, they a lot of players in, in preseason and a big squad. But look at the three teams below them. You know Bray, Galway, and Cork. You wouldn't ex- you know much as Cabo like they really challenged last year. Maybe it's a bit disrespectful. You wouldn't have necessarily expected them to be above those three teams that are below them. Mm. You know, um, but maybe it's a reflection also of how the three teams below them haven't performed. I mean Bray for me. I don't know. I mean, listen, to be fair, they're on 14 points, Bray, and we're, we're taking a very crude cut because it's a mid-season break. I mean, again, there is, if, even if you take shells out of it, there's like six points between second place UCD and seventh place Galway, or you know, you, you stretch it back yeah. to Cork, you know, or 10 points behind second, or Cork are six points off the playoff still. So that is the thing about that playoff system. It, it does... That's fantastic. You know, it matter, really is. You no know, matter how bad just... your season is going... You, it's not like, can you imagine if it was just one up and second in a playoff? I mean, you know, you'd have season over for a lot of clubs there, and then it's very hard to keep going. Like, I got to mention Ian Ryan going into Wexford Bradley. and straight away getting a win in Cabin Tealy. Straight away, a fantastic result for a team that hadn't won a game all season. And, you know, you, you'd yeah, wonder no. Wexford, it might be tough for Wexford, Dan, but like, I, I honestly think nearly every team should look to try to get to the playoffs positions because a lot can happen in the space of you know five or six games and you can go on a run but certainly I certainly wouldn't rule anyone out maybe maybe it'd be hard for Wexford but Cove beating Cork no they're playing catch up yeah no it's catch up I mean Cove you know I've had some difficult days with the Cork when I picked them up I mean you know Galway it's it's hard for you to comment in your your position but obviously I, I can say it I mean we were expecting so much more from Galway Know, with the with some of the appointments they made and the signings they made and full time setup and stuff, I mean they're just going to have to be better. You know that that's getting absolutely turned over by shells is, is not good. And Cork, as we mentioned, I mean Cork to me are like, ah, listen, they are one of, if not on their given day, like the biggest club in the country in terms of their mm. potential that they can. You know, on their on their on their on their best days, like what they can attract. And I mean, it's unbelievable that they're eight the first division it's just it's beyond comprehension and I'd be following still obviously follow a lot of not at their games but following a lot of the social media channels and the people who report the club and stuff and it's just like it's surreal that they're in this mm. position and they, they shouldn't be in that position but um yeah, to yeah, be honest as well, having been at the game in Turner's Cross, they're, they're not in a false position. They weren't any better than the position they're in. Haven't, I've seen most of first division teams now. And um, yeah, Cork, Cork weren't great. And it's early days. But we do have a pizza to give away, Dan. We do. I mean, it's all to play for in the first division. It's all to play for in the pizza. Um, yeah. You know, at least there could be some cheer for someone. Did last week's winner, is last week's winner affiliated to us in any way? Or was it no, Owen Campbell? Uh, I don't think we have any links to Owen Campbell. Yeah, Owen, Owen is uh, presumably a Drogheda fan because he's he lives in Drogheda, unless he obviously supports the town. But yeah, delighted to uh, Owenly Joking 90 is his, is his handle there. Delighted with himself winning uh, a four-star. I have to say, Dan, I've, I've fallen into the trap of of um, ordering takeaways far too much. And despite the fact that... Uh, Right, the fact that I've been exercising away, um, I don't. I actually seem to be putting on weight. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I've, 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 I've fallen into the trap of, of, of the, of the nice takeaway on a Monday evening, possibly Tuesday evening, any, any day beginning with ending with day, really, as well. So, I don't it's know. Like, I like, the takeaway like, balls as well. You're having a sort of a Craig David style experience only mm. with takeaways. You know, once mm. for takeaway on Monday and Tuesday. Uh, trying to moderate that, but I mean, it yeah. can happen, you know, it can happen. But I mean, listen, 
four star pizzas look good to be fair. I'm not gonna we're not gonna criticize them. They do. You could be eating a you could be eating a lot a lot worse than a four star pizza. But uh, what's this week's question? This week's question is um so it's topical because it was referred to. I, I think this is an easy question, but you know, the mid-season break, so you know, people can people can hopefully maybe maybe some if some players can even enter because they can probably have some pizza this week if they wanted. A lot of them have pizzas uh, after the game anyway. It's it's a big they do. Um, meal they do. after games. But, like, yeah. they, but they yeah. don't have a game. The whole point is it's it's for recovery after a game. If you don't mm. have a game, maybe is is a bit more uh, uh, stolen luxury. Stolen stolen what? What is it? Stolen, what even is a stolen luxury? Stolen luxury, luxury yeah. But, uh, I was meant to say something completely different. Guilty pleasure, not a stolen luxury. I mean, what the hell is a stolen luxury? <laughs> it's like, the, the, uh, anyway, it, it, we're both slowly losing our minds, actually, and our pace judging think, from Astro on Saturday, which was chastening. Uh, anyway. Oh no, I think, yeah, I think you play quite well, but uh, I'm definitely uh, showing the effects of age and possibly takeaways. Uh, anyway, the question: Derry City won the league in 1997, as as Rory Higgins mentioned. Who was the manager of that Derry City team? It should be an easy question, um, but you know, you might uh, you might not know us, in which case, I'm sure there's ways that you can obviously find out the answer to that. Uh, if you send us the uh, at LOI Central pod on Twitter or hashtag uh, LOI Central, give us your answer to that question and we will enter you into the draw, which I presume will take place as usual this Friday with Derek and his box of uh, magic tricks, records, albums, whatever. Um, there we go. What are you going to do this weekend with no, with no uh, LOI football on your agenda? I mean, what's on the yeah, agenda? I'm off to an uninhabited island, actually. So right. Looking forward to that. Uh, yeah. An uninhabited island, but it's not, obviously yeah. it won't be when you're there. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's normally uninhabited, but it, it kind of welcomes visitors some of the summer months. So yeah, getting getting away for a while, recuperating like with Nail in with Nail and I get just getting away. Is there a, is it is it like a is it a couple's outing or is it a group of people taking over this island? Yeah, more than two people. Yeah, I, I imagine I'll be going like um, trying to catch rabbits or fish or something to to sustain myself for the twenty four hours or so I'm on the island. But um, yeah, the blast. You're very so vague about you're very you're very vague about how many people are going. I'm imagining that movie like the beach many years back where they all went onto mm. this island and things all went a bit dark and sorted or whatever, and you ended up staying there some kind of cult. Did you do Peg Sayers? Because I think it was after my time, or sorry, it was before. No, I, didn't. I never did Peg Sayers, but yeah, so I'll be able to see Peg's house and all that. I, I love Kerry, oh. I love Cork, so going down that deck of woods, yeah. Oh, very good. Listen, I hope you enjoy mm. that. And it's mm. a bit of a shorter Reflecting show. Reflecting on Galway United. I mean, my, my, my role as media officer, Dan, I presided over a poor run of results. There's no getting away from it. And I, I have to think about my position. I mean, have I, have I done enough, really? Well, I don't know. I mean, like, it, it depends on sort of the tone of your content. Like, if mm. the club content is putting out you know, the things are going very well all the time, you might come under more scrutiny. But I don't know. I mean, mm. how many games have you been at? Like, this is the thing. I don't know. Can you be flagged as the reason things have gone wrong? But I suppose it is a time for introspection. You know, what like what what do you do with a misinforming media officer? Do you get sent out to like Cabin TD on loan in July? Like, you know, did you get sent? Did it send you up north maybe like to do sort of? I don't know, nine months media officer at Warren Point. Like, you know, what, yeah. what, what actually is, 
What what no, do you they, do with a underperforming media officer? It, it, it's 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 also a, you've you've kind of stumbled on a good point there, right? So the shells game starts the season, didn't win, was at that game. Athlone game didn't win, was at that game. Cabin Teeley game, even though we, we we won it by default, Johnny wasn't at that game. Treaty won all, failed to win, was at that game. Uh, Cove Ramblers the four 0 win, of course I wasn't at that game either. Bray Wanderers lost that game, was at that game. Wexford late winner, last minute winner, no. I wasn't at that game so I haven't seen us win at all and I've been basically at all or was that the Cork game was that the Shells game didn't win either so there is a bit of a pattern there there's your answer uh, Johnny won't be with us after the mid-season break in his capacity as a double let me officer but listen we wish everyone luck enjoy a bit of sunshine uh, enjoy some relaxation time and hopefully I suppose a lot of our listeners or a certain portion of our listeners will be able to win the lotto and uh, get to go to games when we get back and, and at the second half of the season people are able to interact with us more based on the games they've been at rather than the games that they've watched. Yeah, and we'll forget this dreadful 15 months uh, ever happened or whatever it is, and we'll just get back to normal. Thanks for million to FutureTickling.ie for being our sponsor, and uh, yeah, we shall be back um, with you next week. Uh, are we back next week or the week after, Dan? No, we're back next week. Back next week. We're back next week. It's good that we've decided on that there, and then uh, thanks very much for... The meeting there was... High class yeah. Good luck. Thanks to Rory Higgins as well. Mm-hmm.